Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Law School Lounge podcast. This is a Carolina Academic Press production where we discuss everything law school. The Law School Lounge is a place for students and faculty alike to discuss law school and the law. We hope you'll hang out with us for a while. Welcome to the Law School Lounge. This is your host, Crystal Norton. This week, my conversation with Professor Shalini George continues, and we continue to focus on well-being and mindfulness for law students, lawyers, and law faculty. Specifically, our conversation this episode is focused on reflection and resilience, and how both skills and practices can be essential to maintaining a balance within one's life as they navigate law school and law practice and academia. We specifically take time during our conversation to contemplate how to turn reflection and resilience into skill sets that a person has readily available to them for long-term goals and purposes. And we talk about ways to incorporate reflection into your everyday life when it's busy, when it's quiet, when things seem at peace, and how different tasks you may do every day or on a regular basis actually are a form of reflection. And you just may not have ever thought of it that way. So I hope that you take away some useful tools and tips from this particular conversation to foster and maintain your well-being. And before we dive into the episode, I did just want to flag for you that Shalini's book, The Law Student's Guide to Doing Well and Being Well, available online at Amazon, available at our website, cap-press.com, is a really great place to start integrating reflection into your daily life. Shalini makes it a point to include reflection prompts and points of reflection within her book. We talk a little bit about that in the episode, but I just wanted to flag that for you as I know that getting started on this type of practice can feel a little overwhelming, another topic we briefly touch upon in the episode. And so I just wanted to note for you that the book does include those elements And so if you're looking for a way to incorporate reflection into your life as a law student, this would be a great place to start. Now, let's get into the second part of my time with Professor Shalini George. Based on what we've talked about and what you have in your book, I know reflection is obviously a very big component of well-being in in your mind and, and as shown by research. And so I know you have reflection prompts in your book. And, you know, if you could just tell us a little bit about how you would recommend people use the reflection prompts, because obviously in a class setting, you can give your reflection to someone else. You're kind of reflecting with someone else in a way, but if you're doing it on your own, it it might look a little bit different. So do you have any recommendations? You know, I put those in really specifically because I think we all have a tendency to read quickly and push things aside. And uh, I think what's coming, what should be coming through the the course of our conversation is that I think intentionality is really important. So 
I put the reflections in at the end of every chapter because I want students to stop and actually connect the material to themselves. And so if it sort of relates to what we've been talking about with my perspective on the 1L year. It's the same sort of idea, like instead of just putting one foot in front of the other and doing everything that you think you're supposed to be doing without stopping to consider why, um, why and you know the impact, um, the reflections in the book are intended to get you to, okay, you just read a chapter, maybe it was kind of funny, maybe it was sort of interesting, but how does it actually relate to you? Um, so I, um, they're called stop and reflect. And I was really excited when, um, cap let, you know, got a little stop sign for me to put, um, on those two. And I, and then I have the end of book reflection. So I just really, I, so reflection is an important skill. It is a skill that, that we all need to learn. It's very important to professional identity formation to, to take those pauses to to try to understand what exactly what have I been doing so for example let's say student goes off and does an internship between the 1L and 2L year well it's I think would be critically important for that student to have an opportunity at the beginning of the 2L year to say what did I do over the summer you know what was the work that was asked of me was I prepared for the work is it what I expected how did I interact with my supervisors how did I interact with clients like depending on what that scenario is and then think okay how does this now relate to what I thought I wanted to do what changes might I make going forward but I don't know that we stop and we do that often enough it just like you jump into the next thing so I hoped that by putting those um reflections in the book, I could, I could have students start to practice what it is um, to stop and reflect and, and, and make sure that they've actually, instead of just not just turning pages, but really internalized and understood what they've been reading. And I applaud you for that. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. And I, you know, I guess one thing I would ask is, you know, law school's a grind, right? And kind of one day, aside from, you know, internships and like exams, like those big monumental components every day kind of looks the same so on those sort of less mm -hmm. exciting days mm -hmm. how would you recommend dealing with just the pressures of law school through reflection or other means well i think um journal writing is really good i think if you want to connect it directly to studying when you talk about um when we talk about outlining like so outlining is actually an opportunity to reflect on the course material. True. So when students get an outline from someone else and I hear things like that, I'll say, okay, let's stop for a minute and let's think about what is it that you really need to be doing academically. So outlining is an opportunity to stop and say, here's what we learned before. And I, I think I give this example in my book, I have a four step mindful work process and I say in there, um, you know, instead of just sitting down to do your homework, like, oh, I'm going to do my contracts, to think, what is it, what have we been studying? What are the concepts we've been studying? What are these cases that I'm reading about? How does it, how do they relate to those concepts? How will this move my work forward? So now when I sit down to work for 50 minutes, you know, I'm going to read the cases, brief them, and I'm going to pull out concepts to go into my outline. That is a form of reflection because instead of just sitting down again and just pushing pages around because 
you're going to do your homework, you're actually with intentionality deciding what you're going to get out of the homework and then at the end of the session, how does it relate to what you've been doing? So I think, I don't know if I'm really answering your question. Um, your question was a little bit bigger, I think, than sort of the specific example that I've given, but just taking the time even if it's half an hour, even if it's 10 minutes, frankly, during a day to say, what did we, what did I really learn today? We don't, we don't often enough step back and say, okay, I did all of these things today. And before I just shove the papers away in my locker and carry on with my day, what is it that I learned? What was really important? How does it relate to what I've been doing? What am I going to do next? I'm really excited to learn more about whatever that thing is. So it's, it's just, you know, sort of finding a way. And I, I think you could even uh, connect it to mindfulness because it's really about being very specific and intentional and, and not just going through the motions. I, I tell my students all the time when I was in law school, I was a very bad studier. I would go to the library with my books and a set of very pretty highlighters. And I highlighted the crap out of all my books, but I wasn't learning it. So it's, you know, you have to, you have to take different kinds of, a different kind of approach to really internalize material. Yeah. No, my therapist would love this conversation we're having right now, because one thing that she says that you've touched upon here is this idea that mindfulness or reflection, I think a lot of people have in their mind that it's this really big undertaking, right? That you have to set aside a chunk of time and it has to be done a certain way in order for it to be correct. And the reality is that those types of practices can happen in small intervals. They don't Absolutely. have to look a certain way. They can look a way that works best for you. And I think when you're talking about what I had asked my question about with the daily grind of law school, mm -hmm. you know, that's when that becomes really apparent, right? Like mm -hmm. you don't have to sit down and reflect on your day for 90 minutes. It could be nine minutes and that's uh -huh. perfectly fine. That's enough. And so uh -huh. just doing it more regularly, even in those times when it doesn't feel as if it's maybe necessary or yeah. something you need to do or, or should do, that doesn't make it less important. That doesn't make it less meaningful. And so I really appreciate that you talked a little bit about just kind of what that can look like on an ordinary day. Because And outlining yeah. is great and you should be doing that anyway. So I think that's a great example. Yeah, and actually, it goes back to the point we talked about earlier, which is building the habits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be like a big, oh, I'm going to take a meditation class and meditate for an hour every day. It doesn't have to be anything like that at all. You might find, someone might find that that's great for them. But I think five minutes of silent thought is worth like 55 minutes of studying sometimes. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Building, it's building the habits. Yeah. And, you know, I know you mentioned it in your, your book as one option. And it's something that I, I forget how I ended up starting doing it. I think it's because I had a, on my Amazon Prime, I had like a free, it was like included with my Amazon Prime, but it was like an AM and PM Tai Chi. Uh, and I love it. I still do it. I do it every morning and every night. And Good for you. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and it's just little, but it's not long. It's just uh -huh. short. It's not, you know, but it's something I look forward to and it gives me just that time to decompress. And, 
And so I really appreciated that you mentioned that because I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really great option. Yeah. Um, but you don't look at that as self-care or for your well-being until you look at it as self-care for your well-being. The, the whole idea of the book is that people should understand that those well-being practices can be as impactful as studying. So, you know, that that is, is what I really want people to take from this, which is you think sitting at your desk is the best thing you can do, and it's sometimes not. Yeah, or I, I had to really break the habit, especially in law school, of having breaks that weren't really breaks, mm-hmm. right? Like my yep. break involved me just sitting there and stewing in my own thoughts about whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yep. so it takes practice to actually take breaks. And the reality yep. is, is that can alleviate the difficulty that you'll see in law school. And so I'm hoping now we can switch gears and talk a little bit about resilience, which I know is sure. also a really big topic in your book. And so what is resilience exactly and how can law students go about building habits and increasing their resilience? Yeah. So, you know, I just think of resilience as the ability to get back up after you're disappointed and keep going and not, uh, so we talked earlier about how sometimes a bad grade can set somebody on a path like for years and we don't want that we want you know we want to think about what you learn from that experience and how you can go forward um so i i like so here's i'm going to keep talking about my first year class but um at the beginning of that class the first thing i do in that class is i have students um they pair up but they share a story of some success that they had before they were in law school a story of them at their best we, we call it And I do that because I want to have students bring, first of all, like some of their authentic self into the classroom. Because you know how we all go to law school and then it's like, you you didn't exist. Like all those things you did before (laughs) are gone. Um, And I have them write a reflection paper about it, but it's something that we come back to during the year when they're down about something. I like to then have them be able to look at their own paper and say, oh, yeah, I actually did this really great thing. Or here's a time where I did struggle. And and, you know, how did I how did I deal with that? I look, I got through it, right? I had a tough time in college. I got a bad grade in whatever class. Well, what happened? They always found a way through something before. There's always something that you can look back at and say, okay, I did. I do. I must have some resilience in me because I've been through X, Y, or Z. And so um, one thing to do to just for anyone is to remind yourself when you're feeling like you're facing something that is very daunting, or think something has not gone your way, you lose a case, um, or you get a bad grade, or you're unhappy with feedback that you get from a supervisor or a law professor, instead of ruminating over that, you shift your mindset to thinking about what is a time in my past where I had a similar feeling about something? How did I get past it? I could do it before, so that means I can do it now. And just, you know, trying to break that, that habit of, stewing over and we all you know we all do it so i'm it's a work in progress for me too but um just working on reframing the way of thinking 
so that you can pick yourself back up and say, look, I, here, are the, all, here are various things I've done before. If I could do those, I can do this too. Yeah. And an important distinction you made in your book, and I'm going to read this line, it says, but what is resilience? It is essentially a set of skills as opposed to a disposition or personality type that make it possible for people not only to get through hard times, but to thrive during and after them. And I think that's a common misconception that people think resilience is some sort of innate characteristic that some people have and some people don't. But you talk about it in the frame of skills and you, you talk about shifting your perspective. That's a skill. That's not something that's innate. It's something you can learn to do. And I think yep. coming at it from that lens or that viewpoint is important because if you feel defeated at the outset, that's going to only perpetuate a lack of resilience more. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's harder for some people than others. You know, there is, there are some people who are slightly more pessimistic. Um, Myself and, included. And, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I think that's a personality type that is sometimes attracted to law school for various sure. reasons, but that doesn't mean that it's not something we can't work on. So I think, again, part of it is recognizing that it is something that one does need to work on and then being willing to do things like reflect. I think it's also for resilience, for resiliency, it's also important to think about one's relationships and connections outside. We talked about this earlier. So, you know, having, having family or friends outside of law school that, you know, don't care what your grades are and don't care, you know, believe in you regardless and remind you that, you know, okay, yeah, remember this is something you did before and we know you can do this. So um, all of the concepts are so connected. So feeling included, feeling like you belong, feeling that you have social, social connections that support you, all of those help build resiliency too. So um, I, I think I say in the book, you know, even if you don't have a dog, like offer to walk someone else's dog, get out there and see people and make those connections because those small things really make a difference too. You know, when, when, when you're feeling down, it does make a difference. Yeah. And you mentioned being engaged in the law school community rather than being just a spectator. And I, I'm going to say that when I read that, I was a little hesitant because I myself, you know, you might mm -hmm. consider me a hermit mm -hmm. or an introvert. <laughs> I'm not necessarily the social type in general. So, you know, you give some tips in your book about those components, but, you know, what might that look like? What does engaging in a law school community look like and why is that important for resilience? Well, I think the more you find things that interest you, right, the more engaged one will be. So I think any law school, any and every law school has so many events going on. So is it going to a speaker that is on a topic that you're interested in? Is it going to maybe connect with a professor, you know, pick a professor who you, I always tell my students is pick a professor who you think you kind of want to get to know better, go to office hours, go to office hours, get to know them, let them get to know you so that you feel like there are people within the law school who see you, who you can talk to, um, you know, there, there are any number of social activities and clubs and organizations. You don't, don't do everything, but pick the things that are appealing to you, that connect you to something you did before law school, that's a new area that you want to learn about. And it doesn't have to be like, a, you know, you're super extrovert networking with a thousand people. It could be sitting in a room, listening to a panel, 
of people talk about a topic that you're interested in. You make one connection. You reach out to one person. These days, frankly, it's so much easier than it used to be. You can just shoot an email to someone. You don't even have to, True. you know, have that awkward face-to-face. -face. If that's difficult for you, you can shoot somebody an email after a, a panel discussion. I enjoyed hearing you talk about X, Y, or Z. I'd love to know more. Um, but these are small connections that you can make in law school that will give you that sense that, okay, this I actually want to be here because here are things that I'm interested in. Here are things that appeal to me, or here are people who know me and care about how I'm doing. Um, so I think if you just go to school and leave school and that's really all you do, it's very difficult to really thrive and perform your best because you're not going to be able to tap into all aspects of yourself. Right, right. And it's fair to say too that if something happens that, you know, maybe isn't what you had in mind, it's mm -hmm. something that's difficult to overcome, that that lack of connection will just become another reason why you don't want to overcome whatever it is you're trying to be resilient about, right? Absolutely. And so here's a random kind of question for you, okay. but it's something I thought about while I was reading. Mm -hmm. What? How would you say resilience is different than perseverance? And what made me ask that is because I feel like perseverance, that warrior mentality that you've mentioned earlier is what's so prominent among lawyers and in law school and, and just in general, right? That my, my therapist says, my therapist, she's going to listen to this and be like, my goodness. But she always tells me, um, you know, there's really no glory in like suffering. Mm -hmm. like, don't, you shouldn't suffer just for the sake of suffering. There's no winner in suffering, right? And, and so I think that's where resilience kind of comes in as well but I think it looks different than perseverance. So what would you say or, or how do you see that dynamic? So I guess, yeah, there's definitely no glory in suffering. Um, and to the extent you hear students say, and this goes back to, um, you know, that, oh, I was in the library till midnight or I was, you know, I stayed up all night or I did whatever. I, I think you just sort of stop and question, well, what's the end result of that? And is that something, did that result in a good, did it result in a good work product? Probably not the best. Did it result in good mental state? Probably not. And so, um, you know, taking a step back from that, um, so I can give you an example on my legal writing class, and I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but I um, sometimes have students, I got very tired of seeing silly mistakes and things that I think they should have corrected before they turned assignments in. So I started doing um, a version of my mindful writing exercise in class where I have them bring something into class that they've been working on and I force them in silence for about 20 minutes to work on whatever the pieces that they've brought in. And then most importantly, debrief with them afterwards. Like, so what kind of work did you do? What were you able to see? that you weren't able to see before. And they always tell me about, oh, I didn't realize like I was missing a word. Um, this was spelled wrong. I realized I didn't really address the question. And then we talk about why, why were they not able to do that before? And usually it's that they are, they are, you know, I worked on this for six hours before I turned it in or, you know, not really understanding that just that putting your nose to the grindstone and working that we have this idea that that's somehow good that that's a good thing oh yeah right mm -hmm. and and to in some respects it is like you you can't come to law school and think 
I'm going to study for an hour or two a day and I'll be good. You know, I mean, it's, it is a serious endeavor, but there has to be some recognition that it's also not like 22 hours a day that you're working on something. So persevering just for the sake of saying that you are persevering at something is not resilience. Resilience is really actively knowing like, okay, this is disappointing. I'm, I'm going to change something. I'm going to do something differently. I'm going to think about how I can learn from this and make it better if it, ha- you know, in, in the future, as opposed to simply just persevering, you know, down that path that we were on. I don't know if that's, ex- ex- if I exactly answered your question, but. You definitely did. And I'd say, you know, for whatever my opinion is worth, it seems like the difference is like in your mindset, right? So yeah. You're being resilient. Your mindset is, for lack of a better descriptor, healthier probably. Yeah. Than if you're just simply getting through something to get to the end of it. Right. You know. Yes. And there is very much, I think, an emphasis on perseverance rather than resilience. Right. I think that's changing. Yeah. And it should. Um, But I think by default, unfortunately, to some extent, anyway. The legal profession requires you to have a skill of perseverance in a way. Like, for example, court deadlines and things like that. Sometimes you just have no control of them and they're short. And it's like, I just have to sit down and get this done. Can't think about anything else. Can't worry about anything else. It's just kind of by default how it is in some ways. But that doesn't mean that's how it always has to be, right? But there is a misconception, I think, that that's how it is. That's just what it is. Right. No, that's true. I think of resilience as more that that there's growth that happens from it, whereas perseverance is sometimes just, okay, I just have to get through this. You know, I'm not really concerned with how I'm growing, um, you know, from this moving forward. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's why I think resilience is a skill. And there are different things that one can do to be resilient and practice. But I I just would encourage anybody who happens to listen to this podcast (laughs) um, to think about how many times in your life you were in a difficult position and you didn't know how you were going to get through it or why it was happening or, you know, what you, what some negative thing that, and, and how, when you look back, you see, okay, this is what came from that. Something, I did learn something from this. There was a positive thing. I just had to wait to find out what that was. And if you can recognize how many times you've, that's happened before, you have to try to recognize you may be in the difficult moment now, but that, that too will pass and you will get to the point where you are learning something from it. There was something to be gained from, from both persevering and being resilient. (laughs) No, and I like that. I think that's a good place for us to kind of switch gears again and switch on to another topic. And that ends another episode here at the Law School Lounge. Again, I hope that you take some tools away from this conversation to use in your everyday life, whether that's directly associated with being a law student or engaging with the law, or whether that's just in your personal life and seeking balance and peace in your everyday activities. Well, based on what we've learned during this conversation, it should probably be both, but you got to start somewhere, right? 
Now, as I said at the beginning of the episode, information about reflection and resilience is incorporated into Shalini's book, The Law Student's Guide to Doing Well and Being Well. So if you feel ready to dive into well-being and mindfulness using tools like reflection and resilience, be sure to check out Shalini's book, which is really, truly a great place to start. Also, if you could, please give us a follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram at Law School Lounge. Also, if you have any requests or you want to touch base about any of the topics we've covered in these episodes, please feel free to give me a shout out via DM on one of our social media platforms, or you can reach me by email. The email address is lawschoolloungepod at caplaw.com. The information for our socials and this email address are linked in the description, so you can find them and other information about Shalini and all of the wonderful work that she does there. We can't wait to catch you next week.